0: This is part two. We are discussing with Catherine. We are discussing about a paper titled Machine Learning Security Against Data Poisoning. Are we there at in the first part? If you have not listened to it, I would recommend you to go ahead and listen to it. It we spoke about a couple of pointers, primarily in the areas of whether certain types of threat attacks require a lot of data and hence there is impracticality in impracticality in in those instances on the other side we also spoke about how there could be heuristic attacks that could be there for the system and there may be scalability challenges for certain types of large complex attacks while heuristic attacks will continue to happen in the we're team. going to continue our conversation with Catherine and speak about other aspects that she had referred in her paper catherine let's get on to Another point that you referred in your paper, which is about gaining better understanding of how defense work. And you mentioned that as an open issue in the current space. Could you please explain briefly about that?
1: So, for example, these heuristic attacks that you just mentioned, there is a huge body of defenses for these. Out of my mind, I would probably say like 30, 40, maybe even 50 papers. And the problem is that some of these defenses are shown not to work. And and we don't, we essentially don't really know why, right? So obviously when we look at the specific case, we can say it doesn't work because of this and that. But like a priori, we cannot say for a certain defense if it's going to work or not. And this is why we need more understanding here.
0: This this also brings in a point He's saying that from a research perspective, there are defenses that are demonstrated to work. But depending on circumstances, it may or may not work. We get to hear about a number of cases where it is not as effective. So there should be a way to classify and then see which of them are consistent and applicable in multi-turbine environment is that is that the point that you are alluding to
1: yes and no so on the one hand we we need more research we need to understand better why, why these defenses work and why not on the other hand yes so what you're saying is absolutely right so both the application but also the way a system looks like in practice is very relevant to the defense and what we also don't know um as you correctly said so We don't know if all defenses can be transferred to another setting, or if they work actually in practice. For some defenses, we have works that show that it works, and in other cases, we know it's not going to work as good as in the original case.
0: Will these, when you're speaking about defense mechanism, will these differ? extremely compared to an NLP-based system or other type of classification systems as the case may be. Is that, is that a difference that you see?
1: Yeah, NLP is actually an excellent example, like on many different layers actually. Also, if you think, for example, about simply like the attack, let's first talk about the attack. So in an image, I can just arbitrarily change pixels, right? And maybe you don't even see it because it's tiny or because it's a color that fits in well into the background. In NLP, when you introduce a word, most people are going to look like, no, 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 that, that, that one, that one, no. And this is already a huge difference. And then for defenses, that, that's of course also a challenge. Although we, we do know that it's like slightly easier to use defenses in different settings than it is to use attacks for that reason, right? Because the attack might need to insert a word and the defense might just need to detect that there's an additional word there. But yeah, this is still a challenge to like sort of port defenses across areas. Yes.
0: So essentially, we are drilling down to this particular point. Broad-level defenses exist; those are already tested. Their applicability, uh, their their consistency may differ depending on circumstances that they are applied. But when when you are looking at um, domain-specific, application-specific kind of setting, there needs to be kind of a a benchmark for kind of defenses that might work effectively is is that is that a right way to put that across
1: yes so i would say we actually have two challenges so the first one is if a defense is out there we don't know if it works in the first place right so this is something we need to assess in a long process of scientific work say and the second challenge is well does this also work for a different application and and these two because naturally like if you know it is not working you don't even need to to process further but yeah these are the two challenges yes
0: Yeah. So, this is very, very interesting. So, this actually takes me to another factor that I wanted to understand more. When we are speaking about how defenses work, it is also, we we spoke in the previous conversation that defenses are relative to Uh, the kind of attacks to a certain extent, but there are broad level defenses which are able to defend against a number of attacks, different types of attacks. So I wanted to learn more about adaptive attacks that you're actually mentioning in your paper and the limitations that you see along with that.
1: Yes, so the, the problem we have for defenses is say, there's this attack out here and then I'm trying to defend it. So I'm introducing a defense and this defense actually targets this specific attack. And what you would need to do to scientifically assess how weather defense works is look at the defense and then tailor an attack for it. So you would be here. And then possibly this fails to work or it still works. One case is really good because we have gained a little bit of knowledge. But the problem is if you, if you, break it, you can be sure that it doesn't work, but if you don't break it, you still don't know if maybe your attack wasn't good enough or your defense actually works. One possibility to circumvent this actually is to use provable defenses, but this is very difficult and they generally either don't scale well, like they they take a lot of time to compute for example, but in principle this arms race with adaptive attacks, yeah, this is an open problem, an unresolved problem, not only in poisoning, also for other attacks.
0: Yeah, when, when we're speaking about adaptive attacks, we're also looking at it from a perspective of the maturity of attack over period and also maturity of attack over different environments, right? So it is not in, in one single sense. It's a holistic kind of uh, concept where we're saying any attack that is able to sustain existing defense with or without knowledge or any attack which is able to consistently exploit, exploit defenses across multiple domains. So it's more in terms of depth and in terms of wide impact that it can cause. Okay. This is interesting. Are there other points that you think are very, very relevant from, from a model poisoning perspective, which are open issues that you think more researchers pay attention to or spend time in exploring those topics?
1: So let me think a little bit. so something that we we haven't quite talked about yet is for example that as, as we said earlier for attacks so you have a certain amount of training data that you need to control but analogously you have similar assumptions for defenses so one rather unrealistic assumption that you can make in a defense is that you know clean data and then it depends on the specific defense because say you might get 10 clean images but you might not get like a hundred thousand of them because if you had you wouldn't have the problem in the first place. So, there is also unrealistic settings and research here. So, this is also something that we need to consider when we think about whether defenses are even applicable in practice, for example.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And this, this actually brings me to a question that was running in my mind is that in scenarios, in different environments, what I've seen is that you always have a it you're able to evaluate defenses in a test environment in real world you won't know whether it defended or not right because you you have no way to validate it in terms of you you don't have a database of attacks you are you, not able to track which were the attacks right so how do you actually treat them specifically in case of data poisoning because you will never get to know when such event happened or not happened what kind of measures that exists at this point in time in a space like that
1: This is a very good question. And I think we have to differentiate between the different attacks here. So for the heuristic ones, we say like, so I know from research that there's A to Z say, and something that can give me a good intuition on what might work but again, it's not ground truth knowledge, might be testing everything that we know from research. So this might be a good, a good guess, say, for these more complex attacks, which are, which we talked about earlier, there I have certain, so we know about certain trade-offs, for example. So if I do, if I take this and that approach, then I know that an attack of this kind of strength might not work. So in that sense, we but it's always just an educated guess that that is correct. Because yeah, the problem with poisoning is we don't have ground truth.
0: We will not have a mechanism for us to measure or say, okay, these are the list of attacks that the defenses have been able to nullify or neutralize, so to say. This is yes. this is so interesting to learn from you, Catherine. I think the kind of perspectives that you have brought in in this quick conversation is very, very exciting. And I learned a lot in this process and I'm sure that some of these pointers are very relevant for many people who are looking to explore ML security as a space or even ethical issues associated with ML security also in this context. I know that many of these pointers will have ethical implications significantly. And like you, I hope that these open issues are addressed as soon as possible. Glad to have you. And thanks a lot for those interesting insights that you brought in. And thanks for the great paper. I look forward to connecting with you soon again.
1: Thank you for having me. And thank you for those interesting questions.
0: Pleasure is mine. Thank you.